Hi, it's Michael and Anthony here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for the current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, with Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service, we'll interview a different small business expert or a fellow business owner and get them to share their best tips and insights for you, the listeners. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Thanks also to our supporters, Kerr Capital and the Small Business Mentoring Service. Welcome to another edition of Small Business Banter. Really pleased to have in uh, a friend and uh, like a business colleague, I guess, Diana Sargent, who um, is based out of Clonbernane, um, runs rosesonline.com.au. It's, um, it's a destination for the, the rose lovers of Australia. Um, so we're going to get Diana to talk about her um, business, uh, the transformation to a, you know, from uh, I guess a horticultural business to a very much an online business now, and also a, a resource for rose lovers around the country. So welcome in, Diana. Thank you, Michael. Nice to chat with you. Yeah, it's great to have you in. Um, and also Anthony Turner, co-host from Small Business Mentoring Service. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks, Michael. Good to be back. Diana, all things roses um, is how I describe you and Gray your husband and uh, partner in the business. So um, you're, uh, the, 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 you have a farm, you distribute uh, roses and, and an awful lot of information by rosesalesonline.com.au. You're renowned across the country for your um, wealth of knowledge about all things roses and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a family business and, and you're all about sharing the love for what is the world's favourite flower, I think. You, you passionately agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. All, and also, um, you, know, care, you know, doing it in a sustainable, caring way for the environment. So um, do you want to just give us a few minutes about uh, the business that it is today and, and where it's come from and, and, and yourself and, and Gray's involvement in that? Okay, well, it started back in uh, 1986, uh, actually, uh, at Kilmore, and uh, we lived in a small cottage there, and uh, I had kids at home, and I thought I'd love to stay at home and be a home mum. Graham loved roses, and he had them in uh, in pots on the back patio, and um, for some reason, we, uh, for our, our, actually for our wedding um, uh what our wedding trip, I guess, we went to Sydney to the World Rose Convention and he took a box of roses up with him and he entered uh, these miniature roses in that competition. He won the Australian 
uh, award for miniature roses. And uh, that sort of set in place uh, the guy who had one of those roses, um, a, an Australian raised rose, uh, Tracy Wickham. He um, he called it soon after that show and he said, I'd love to have that rose released in Victoria. Are you guys interested? I put my hand up and I said yes. And that was the start. That was the absolute start of the business. From there, um, I had uh, gardens built around the cottage and obviously rose gardens. And people would stop in because they knew that we were doing something there and, and they would ask, you know, can we buy this and can we buy that? And I thought, there's obviously a business in this. So we went off to the local shire. We asked for a permit to open the nursery a couple of days a week and we hit the War of the Roses. Um, there were local people that didn't want us to have that business in the main street of Kilmore. Cutting a long story short, we got a really good representation, went off to VCAT, and, of course, we won hands down. We, we were allowed because the nurseries are permissible in, in, a, um, in a residential zone. So it was it was a fair complete that we were going to get that, and we got way, way more than what we wanted, and um, that really that was the catalyst and we knew that we had a lot of support and we got an enormous amount of uh, really good publicity from this negative we were able to turn that over into a positive and got all this great publicity and so the business was born soon after that a couple of years after that um um, I was uh, I nominated for a Rotary program and I went off to America um, on a business program with them and uh, four women, four business women, we travelled uh, in America for four weeks. I went as the Rose Lady um, and it was such an incredibly impactful journey for me. A young mum, I was away from my kids for five weeks and husband and um, yeah, and all of the things that I did there uh, had a massive impact on me and they confirmed unequivocally I wanted to be a mum at home, mind my kids as number one, be a good wife number two and have the business number three. And from that, Silky Gardens really, really took off. We had every kind of rose available uh, very soon after that, it was impossible for me to manage the business on my own. So Graham gave up work as his health surveyor uh, with the local shire and he came and joined me in the business. And once again, it was another cataclysmic sort of time where um, because he was there and we were doing it together, we had certain roles defined. I managed the business, he managed the roses and the plants and he did rose management, I did the, the other side of the business. And very soon after that, we had one of the kids come along and say, I want to leave school. I want to be a nurseryman. And so Eric joined the business. He stayed with us for seven years, did his apprenticeship. Not very long after that, so 1996 we're at now, and the cottage is there. The old guy um, in the house next door goes into a retirement and he offers us to buy the house that he lived in. So we thought, yep, let's do that. We bought the house next door, but we didn't know what to do, whether to go and live in it or whether what to do because we were, in fact, quite happy in the cottage. On the way to a Rotary convention, we decided that it was such a good idea. No, actually, I decided. <laughs> yeah. Take credit, take full credit. And it was such a good idea to make a cafe out of the Right. out of the cottage 
And and Graham knew he didn't have a leg to stand on. Once I had an idea like that, it was a, it was just it was going to happen. It was definitely going to happen. So we renovated the cottage and went and lived in the house next door. The second nursery in Victoria to have a cafe attached. Right. And, and now it's memory, very commonplace. You know, it's yes. almost like in some cases I suspect the cafes, you know, probably more uh, lucrative or profitable possibly than the um than the, than the nursery. Yeah, Might have been back then, but yeah. it isn't anymore, I don't mm. think. <laughs> Maybe if we go forward to today, you, you sold out of the cafe business um, probably 10, was it 10 years ago maybe? We decided to move the business to our home out here at Convenane where we have actually lived for 21 years. Mm. We had already lived here because that brick monolith next to the cafe didn't work, that we didn't like that. And we had more space here. It was just it's it's a great place to live out yeah. here. Yeah. And then you've 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 again adapted a business around your lifestyle. So you've yep. you've gone back home with 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 some nice a nice spread to be able to grow your roses. But for, just can you just quickly describe the business today? Rose sales online, yeah, because that's where you are. That's your business today. It is, it is. And for a lifestyle change, we didn't want to work seven days a week. That was one thing, absolute. Uh, we'd done the hard yards with the cafe for nearly 15 years and seven days a week. It was just, no, we're not doing that. So we four days a week we decided we would open Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, nine till four, good hours to be here, manageable, and uh, in exactly the same time we set up Rose Sales Online. So we started to have some impact in the online uh, scenario. So this is now 2012. We're, we've shifted the business over here to Clonbernane. We're operating from here. Gate sales were open on those four days, but people didn't find us. People had no idea that we had shifted location. And it took us quite, I'd say, two years at least to create, reinvent and recreate that we were operating out of Clonbernane. We are here. This is where we are. And I truly believe that even had we invested heavily in advertising, it still would have been very difficult for people to, they may have seen the ads in different papers, they may not have. It was more about finding us when they actually wanted us. And yeah, we had, we didn't, we didn't know how to do that. I guess we didn't go for any advice on that. Um, and we muddled our way through. In the meantime of that, I wrote a book. So it was handy. I had a lot of time to do that. Uh, but there was also scary moments when we started to chew into our savings uh, because the business wasn't travelling terribly well. The one big change, and this is this is truly the remarkable change, I got into the email once I'd written a book, I knew I had a plethora of information and ideas stored and I started something that we had done previously was put out a Rose Rambler, a document. Um, we sent it by mail. We ended up sending 5,000 was the last time we sent it in the post back in 2012. Wow. We reinvented that as a concept online and I sent it out and I still do today every single Thursday at 4 p.m. 
the Rose Rambler hits, it now hits nearly 10,000 email inboxes. And according to industry numbers, it's a well-read document. So a lot of people open it, click in, uh, they're actively participating as a Rose Rambler subscriber. And it's the key to our success, I believe. So one of the key things that I'm hearing in there, Diana, is the is that sharing of the information, the expertise that you've got is really what is actually helping your customers become better at what they do in terms of the caring and uh, rose of roses, etc. And it's an interesting analogy for you know for many of our other listeners um, who you know are not quite sure about how to actually get their information out you know to the their marketplaces. One of the key things that interests me though is that. Um, you know, you do all of your business these days or predominantly you do your businesses online and yet you've got such a fragile product in many ways. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges you've had of actually combining that sort of fragility of product with um, an online and, you know, relying on the logistics of getting stuff out around the country? Well, despite thinking that roses are fragile, let me tell you, they're as tough as tough. And I have have stories of roses that have gone missing, one in particular that went out of here. It was a gift rose, so our premium product, the person had paid, you know, $80 for this gift rose, and it hit, um, it went to Darwin. It went from Darwin to Alice Springs, and in Alice Springs, it just kept hitting the tracker. And it went around and around and around. And the tracking notification was hysterical, actually, on that one. We eventually got onto Australia Post. They found the parcel. They pushed it back into uh, northern New South Wales where it had to go. I knew the rose would be dead by the time it got there because we're now talking 21 days before it got back to Lismore. At Lismore, I had asked the people at the post office there, would they please open the box? Would they take the card out because it was a birthday card and a birthday gift and give it to the young girl so she could give that part of it to her mother? They graciously did that, although it's against their policy, and they sent the rose back down to me. I still have that rose in my garden because (laughs) despite it being black, the stems were black as black, Um, I was able to recover that rose quite easily by just chopping it right back down and that rose is still here in the garden, one forget-me-not. They're they're the stories that I have. But do you know out of the thousands of boxes that we have sent, I would be lucky if I could count on both hands how many have ended up tragically in that sort of situation, honestly, quite honestly. And at any time that we did have... There were a few glitchy times. Um, oh, I guess Australia Post changed its management and there were things went a bit chaotic there for a while. And I thought the only way for me to recover this is go direct to the top in Australia Post. And I punched out an email to Christine Holgate. And do you know that was on a Saturday and I had a response that Saturday evening. And that's the absolute honest truth. And it's that also was a very, very significant learning curve to me. Don't muddle with people down the bottom if they're not, you know, they're not necessarily going to be the people that you need to talk to. Talk to the people at the top. Talk to the people that really matter. You know, if I'm having my car repaired, like my car's over in South Australia at the moment, it needs to be repaired 
due to a, an incident in a main street. And I'm not going to talk with the guy in the panel better sh- sh- shop. I'm going to talk to the owner of the business, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And my car is being repaired more speedily. You know, they're taking me into consideration. They're taking me, and, and yeah, it's a good experience. I guess the um, other question that you know, sort of flows onto that, which is really about the, um, um, is for our listeners' purposes, is that you know you have roses, you know, despite the toughness as you've just explained, um, they are a perishable product, and and other listeners might have perishable products that they're thinking about, you know, selling online and distributing via Australia Post and stuff like that. What are some of the tips that you might be able to give them about how to set that up and go about doing it? Look, I really believe just get in and do it. I, um, I have had, I've opened myself up to this. I've learned much as I possibly could. Um, I've had some great mentors along the way, and I think that, yeah, that's how I have been successful. I think that's a great um, entree, Diana, to um, what I uh, wanted to ask you about the kind of um, support and resources you use and draw on as a small business owner because um, it just uh, we've just heard you talk passionately about how you grow the, you grew the business from, you know, it was serendipitous, um, but it was also a passion of you both and and you forged ahead and you, you haven't, um, you've always um, taken it upon yourself to make things happen. But th- there's a limit to that, isn't there? And, and there are times when you need to take in counsel and advice. So who, who are some of the people, other business owners, is it, or, or professional advisors that you use when things, you know, become challenging, which they inevitably do? Yeah, look, yeah, I guess I have. It's more about I think people within my industry. I've I have found uh, one particular person uh, who is a rose grower. Um, he's passionate about his business. He's probably twenty years older than me. Yeah, he's twenty years older than me. Uh, so his experience has always been a place where I've I've been able to present myself if there was a, a rose issue. But as far as the business goes, I don't know. I think I've just been, I've hit on things very lucky. And we had serious problems um, two years ago, um, late 2019. I shifted our IT out of one business and went I was looking locally. I wanted to have people that could truly help me with this IT side of the business. I could see it just forging ahead. And it was pre-COVID. Um, and by IT here, you mean really online is what you Online, yeah, yeah. I wanted online experts. I wanted people who could help me with the photography, help me with, you know, making this business really work and be a very powerful tool. I went local. And I thought, this is a great idea, go local, because then I can be in personal contact and meetings with these people. It was one of the most tragic mistakes I made. Um, I went local, but those people didn't have the expertise that we needed uh, to to create what we did. And in fact, uh, by them removing every link in every product, and I didn't understand it at the time, uh, our business crashed. And we were in desperate need. For about two months, I flailed trying to find the right people. And I talked with business people, uh, consultation at the at the local shire, 
they couldn't help me. I was staggered that here we are, um, like we have a business economic development committee um, at, at the Shire, and, and yet they couldn't tell me anybody local who could help me with this IT part of our business. So I put it out to every single customer that I had and I landed with a group of people over at Sunbury. We are now part of a business network at Sunbury and I use every one of the resources that I possibly can in that business network group. It has been so astoundingly important for our business. Amazing the difference. And it goes, you know, it goes. You, you, if you find the right peer support or professional support, you've just got to you've got to keep looking for it, right? Because we don't we don't always have the answers. And and you've hit on that because I I, I suspect very strongly again it's because you just had intent and you went after it and you found it and that sort of shines through with the way you you run your business. And um, yeah, I um, look with I wanted to just throw in a couple of things. Um, the the spirit of, in which you conduct your business. You spent ten or fifteen years doing a gardening show on community radio, uh, correct? Three CR. Um, you've also I I do read that newsletter, um, and it's a phenomenal resource. I'm I'm not a you know uh, um, I'm an interested observer. I'm not a rose you know um, nut if you like. Um, Tell the I, truth, Mike. You just love the jokes. <laughs> grass gravel, or is that what it's called? Yeah, grass grass gravel. Grass gravel, and we always put a couple of jokes in there. And but, and it's something I learned many 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 years ago. You do uh, you 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 really learn when you're learning with humour. Yeah, and and it's um it's a kind of humour I do like. It's kind of maybe it's called uh, dad jokes or something like that. <laughs> they are good fun, and uh, he keeps coming up with them. So good on him. But um, so so what what shines through is that you are incredibly passionate about what you do, very knowledgeable, but you also share that information widely through your email. Uh, your weekly email, and you've done that consistently. And and for example, what you did on community radio. So, is that is that a message to to other owners that you know your your success and their success are very much tied. So you know, be generous and share. You've got to build a business for sure, but you know, um, a way to do that is to very deeply connect with your customers by sharing information and 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 being in contact regularly. Absolutely. I look and I have never I've never received any feedback that was negative in terms of this is too much, this is too frequent. Um, but I know that sometimes I've bought things online or I've connected with someone online and the next minute I'm being hammered by them and I'm like, that's uncomfortable. I think that's very uncomfortable. Um, you don't want you definitely don't want um, to be hammering people you want to be giving them good information gently uh appropriately regularly every 4 p.m every thursday it's a pattern that is very good and and i guess that comes a little bit out of the mcdonald's thing if you go to mcdonald's you know exactly it doesn't matter where you are in the world you're going to get that big mac burger and it's going to be exactly the same every single place you go to and they're always going to ask you do you want chips for that um, that's about how I also run this this Rose Rambler, and I don't think it's a pain to people. No, no. Well, it's um, uh, you know you've tapped into your customer base and your audience. Um, 
What are, what are, you, you've reached out to CEO of Australia Post, and I think you reach out regularly to your local council and state government. Uh, yep. Not shy in doing that. Um, what what do you see as the opportunities? Um, you're in a in, in around Kilmore. What, what do you see as the opportunities ahead for the rose industry and 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 for regional business um, more broadly? Well, certainly the rose industry is booming. Um, I've just I've spent a week over at my grower. Um, we're all you know we're all selling out very quickly. A lot of the the bigger growers are. They just don't have the stock. They haven't prepared for this avalanche of people moving into gardening so uh, so adventurously as they have done since COVID. I mean, people are at home. They're improving their 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 home. They're improving their garden, and this is very interesting. But our industry is saying this isn't going to go away because people have tapped into something that they really like. They're connecting with the soil. They're connecting with themselves. Yeah. Uh, they're feeling real good about this gardening thing. And so it's not going to go away. Um, as far as regional business is concerned, I can only see that it's going to be hugely advantageous to everybody that people are moving out of the cities. That, yeah. That's opening the doors enormously, giving a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. I mean, you know, our place here, the way we are sited here at Clonbernane, this could be the big, big uh, nursery like Rivers or Pointons or something. This could be that to the north of Melbourne. Yeah. Very comfortably. We're in a brilliant location right yeah. close to the freeway. Yeah. You know, it's got all of that. And there are there are lots of people moving into these regional areas. And yeah. Uh, We've had a number of guests talk about that. We encourage it. Um, one of the pathways to, to doing it is uh, obviously getting a job, but we, you know, we're very keen to see people get involved in small businesses. And so, you know, for, you know, for policymakers, you know, you've just strongly endorsed that there are terrific opportunities ahead in horticulture, um, and and therefore, you know, organisations like Aussie Post will, you know, you know, logistics um, providers will, you know, do do nicely out of this. So it's a, look, it's a good note to leave. Um, that was a furious conversation, Diana. Um, really admire. I can't believe it's already twenty minutes gone. No, no, it's probably we could probably do take two. But look, um, thank you so much, Diana Sargent, and, and to Graham from uh, RoseSalesOnline.com.au. Um, I'm sure people got an awful lot out of that, and and particularly the way you go about making things happen. I love that so much. Good on you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Diana. Thanks, Anthony. Cheers, Anthony. Cheers. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. Anthony and I continue to be inspired by bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. For any of the links, resources or information we've talked about on the show today or to contact Anthony or myself, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com or you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. Anthony and I would love you to tune in at the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.